You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Welcome to episode 102 of the Disney Universe podcast, your destination for fun topics and discussions from everywhere in the Walt Disney Company, including Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, 20th Century Studios, and beyond. In this episode, Alex will be uh, giving us a little history lesson on the Candlelight Processional at a Disneyland Resort, and also a little bit about Walt Disney World. If you are new to the show, welcome! We're very happy that you found us and hope you enjoy the show. Uh, you can interact with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, we're building up our YouTube channel called Disney Universe TV. And to our returning listeners, welcome back, friends. We're so happy to have you as part of our family. If you'd like to support the show, please check out our Patreon and become part of our crew. Just go to patreon.com backslash DU crew and select one of three tiers that best fits you. It'll get you exclusive content and swag. And before we get started, let us remind you that if you're headed to the parks or just like wearing great Disney, Star Wars, or Marvel clothing, check out our friends at Neverland Trading. They have a great selection of shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and accessories that'll have you looking sharp whenever you're at the parks or if you just like hanging out. Just head to NeverlandTrading.com and use the promo code DVERSE at checkout. That's D-V-E-R-S-E, and uh, it'll get you a nice 10% discount. Now, without further ado, here is episode 102. Hey, I'm Ray Parker. I play Darth Maul, a Phantom Menace, and Solo, a Star Wars story, and G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes, and you're listening to Disney Universe Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. To infinity and beyond! I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! You are without doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. The Christmas spirit. Uh, we are recording now on. Is it the first? No, it's the thirtieth. Thirtieth, last so, day of the month. Oh my gosh! But it, I mean, it's been Christmas for two months already. What are we? Yeah, exactly. Like, what was it? Uh, I heard. Uh, I was listening to. Um, oh man, I, I forget what podcast it was, but they're 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 talking about it was they're at a Halloween party, like at a a bar or club or something, and so they're playing all the Halloween hits and everything. Last song of the night. Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you to bring in the Christmas season. So, and, uh, but that's cool. I'm all ready for it. Uh, I love Christmas. I was ready for it. You know, we had a good fun Thanksgiving. Um, Ryan, who we don't hear right now, he is at Disneyland at the merriest Christmas night party. Yeah. He's as we speak. He's live. 
Is he live? He is. Okay. Well, let's see how we can. <laughs> Ryan and the Muppets live from Disneyland. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Uh, I'm sure you've probably seen it on Instagram already. We'll put it on uh, YouTube. Yes, hopefully he's saving it and posting it because I'm definitely going to go back and watch this. Yeah, so uh, Ryan, have fun. Uh, little little uh, spoiler alert into the next episode uh, will be Ryan's trip report uh, from Disneyland. So uh, we're going to have a fun episode for you. Uh, this evening or morning or afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, uh, one of our brand new segments that'll be a reoccurring segment throughout the year and every time is uh, we don't have a name for it yet, but we'll call it Professor Alex's deep dive into history for right now. But. No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> professing. If what was the guy from the sing along songs, Ludwig von Drake? Yes. Yeah, Ludwig von Drake. Uh, but uh, as Joe said before, uh, when talking about things, I am not a historian. I am simply just a person who takes an interest in the history of things uh, that we all love. Uh, and here, that is the Disney universe. Yeah. Uh, and, and specifically the parks and the parks history. But I'm sure as we go on this journey together, uh, it'll go down all, all the fun little tangents of the Disney universe that we like to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been wanting to bring more. Uh, history to the show uh being but like i said i'm not a storyteller i'm not a historian and i would i wouldn't want to not do it do whatever topic or uh, whatever we talk about justice but uh but you're a great person to do it and you know little background is like uh we well we both love the walt disney family museum it was in your backyard for so long so yes uh we like bringing that to the show so uh what are we going to be talk about uh on this episode on this episode, obviously, uh, you know, celebrating tis the season, uh, Christmas season, uh, going to talk about the candlelight processional uh, that goes down uh, at Disneyland and also at Walt Disney World now uh, and since they open. Uh, but I, I, you know, in studying up, as I told my friend today, I was doing I had to go home and do my book report. Um, but, uh, learned a lot about the candlelight processional and how long it's been going on, uh, in its iteration as the candlelight processional has been going since 1958. Uh, but they've been celebrating Christmas at Disneyland since the first year in 1955. Uh, and the only year that candlelight processional did not happen was in 2020, which is pretty wild. Yeah. We were just saying before recording, it would have been awesome had they just gone, gone, gone ahead and done it in the park without guests, you know, showed it live on ABC or recorded it to put, put on Disney plus, mm-hmm. uh, would have been a cool little way to get everybody together when we couldn't be. And especially, you know, it, it's such a, especially at Disneyland, such a difficult thing to see live because the, the space is very limited. And so to give everybody a chance to actually just get a little taste of what it would be like there, um, that would have been, I, I agree with you. That would have been a super cool, um, yeah, uh, before, yeah, we don't, before we get to that real quick, uh, not really doing any news on, on this, on uh, this episode, not too much news anyways, but, uh, you, you and Addie been doing something pretty fun that if you guys follow, uh, the, the curly couple, what? Cali curly couple. Yes. Hey, triple C's. <laughs> C-C-C. Uh, but yeah, we, we decided, I don't know, probably just sitting around bored one day. So let's start a couple Instagram page. <laughs> um, so Cali Curly Couple is that 
we aren't too active on there, but in an effort to try and be more so, we decided that we would try and do 31 Christmas movies in 31 days. Should have made it 31 holiday movies because I realized Eight Crazy Nights, I would have loved to get that oh, one in there. Oh, yeah, great one. Uh, but we said we will uh, revise the list and come back with it differently uh, in future years. Uh, it is not in any way, shape, or form a ranking of holiday movies. We just kind of brainstormed a bunch and then we narrowed it down to 31 and ranked them or uh, ordered them, you know, kind of in some way of how we wanted to see them as it got closer to the holiday. Um, so, yeah, we, we started on Thanksgiving. We tonight will be our sixth night of holiday movie. Uh, so go ahead and check out Cali Curly Couple if you're interested <laughs> in what we're watching this month. Uh, comment and let us know what we missed on the list and follow along, uh, if you will. Most uh, we we don't have it on there, but I, I'm sure, pretty sure, about 95 percent of the movies, uh, at least if you have as many streaming services and cable <laughs> like I do, you can get on there, and you know all the good ones you probably have or have access to. So yeah, very, very cool. Do you, do you have a favorite like all time Christmas movie or a go to? Uh, I mean, or Christmas Story was a 10 out of 10. I know some people think it's kind of boring. I know I got to the point where seeing it, you know, loop on Christmas Eve. I got tired of it, but at the same time, it became so familiar being able to come into the movie at any point and know exactly what's going to happen and yeah. what's going on. I I can't think of a, a Christmas movie that really encapsulates everything as much in such a humorous and family friendly way Yeah, for all ages. Oh man. I, you know what? I'm going to have to agree with you. Uh, that, that one's been a classic since I was a kid. It's a staple. Uh, like I said, it hits every, every, touch of the feels from like what it is you know just growing up you know sometimes thinking your parents are too strict but then they're not then you know especially oh my dad he's the mean dad but then he's the one that gave got him the bb gun right he's i mean just that the 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 bullies the friends just (laughs) yeah we said we we started with that 8-bit christmas movie it just came out on hbo max i haven't watched it yet it was pretty funny but i mean to me from the trailer i thought it looked like a kind of reboot of a christmas story yeah and it felt Kind of like that, you know, it's basically a kid that telling the story of this Christmas present that he really wanted and how he came to get it. Um, so in that sense, it seemed very similar, but it was it was humorous. It uh, obviously was nostalgic as a kid who grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, getting a Nintendo. I wasn't quite at the same age. Um, I was a little younger when it first came out, but I think, you know, by the time I was about six or seven, we had a Nintendo in the house. Yeah. Even if it may have been my dad's first. Uh, See, I, I was in that age <laughs> where it, the, the big Christmas present was the Nintendo. And it was like, you know, me and my sister, who's five years older than me, even she wanted it. Uh, or, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, I want, you know, that's super cool. And uh, we didn't get the Nintendo. What we did get, because they were sold out everywhere. But that was I did get the original Sega uh, home theater or whatever it was called, just the gaming system with Al- Sh- Alex Kidd and Miracle World. Yeah, and Shinobi, and you know those games. And so then, a- ever since that Genesis, I've always been a Gen- or Sega. Sorry, it was before Genesis, before Genesis, before Sonic. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I was a Genesis guy after that, then PlayStation. So I've never been a Nintendo person. Uh, because of that, I guess, but and I still played it pl- plenty of Opposite, time. I was the Nintendo. We had Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Yeah. I think I bought a Sega Genesis when I started being old enough <laughs> to trade games in, but uh, I had, you know, you had the friends who were the Genesis, and then now it's Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. So. 
So I, I'm, I'm going to throw uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Since I, we can't end on a tie, so I'm, I'm going to throw the ne- my next favorite one is definitely uh, Christmas Vacation. That's a great uh, one. That's, a, that's up there. It's definitely top top three, top yeah. five. They're in first say, Elf Santa is up Claus there too for me. Uh, and those are all on the list. We're yeah. definitely going to be. <laughs> I, I kept saying I wanted those movies to come earlier so I could justify watching them again as it gets closer yeah. to Christmas. But it's, I mean, it's tough putting. Unless you have a day where you're just dedicating to movies. Yeah. But I like your list because it's not the same freeform movies that are shown on freeform all holiday season. No, yeah, so. we got a few of those. You got the classics. I, I made but... a point to get the new ones that came out this year, get the classics, and get a couple oddballs. We watched Ernest Saves Christmas classic. last night. That's a classic. Just recently added to Disney+. Plus. So for all y'all out there, yeah. this applies to this podcast. So go check out Ernest Saves Christmas if you... Uh, or like us, you probably remember the Ernest movies. I uh, getting back to that movie was so exciting for me because you know late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, I said it as we were watching it, but like, wow, Jim Car- Jim Varney is the original Jim like, Carrey. Yeah, he was. <laughs> nice, nice <laughs> and, and I, I'm sure I I guess Andy Kaufman to a degree before him, um, but just the way he is with the impressions, the characters, the facial mannerisms, the, such a physical comedy. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, the whole Vern first person thing, <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun. It's not a great movie, but it was a very fun movie to watch. Uh, remembering back, to and my it childhood. takes you back to the eighties. And it was filmed in Orlando. Yeah, <laughs> I love the Ernest movies, and like I agree with you with uh, Jim Varney, the original Jim Carrey, and even with his character Ernest, uh, the original Larry the Cable Guy in a way too. Yep. So uh, definitely, definitely missed. He was the also the original Slinky Dog. From Toy Story one and two, I believe. And Jim Varney, yeah, nice. So, ah, uh, you're Mister. But hey, let's talk about some uh, candlelight procession. Did they talk about rebooting Ernest at one point? I felt like they talked about that. I mean, prior to his passing, I don't know. Go, going on an Ernest tangent. Oh, here. you know what? We, it applies we, though. Touching on pictures, exactly. <laughs> we we should do an Ernest pod, <laughs> not an episode, but there's enough of them to do it. You know what? I feel like there might have been. But I I don't remember. But I I, I really don't remember. Well, who knows? This might be my next history <laughs> lesson. <laughs> exactly. We're going a deep dive. Deep deep earnest dive. Deep earnest dive. But yes, candlelight processional. Let, let's do it. That's one person I would have loved to narrate the candlelight processional. I'll tell you what, Burn. Don't worry, Burn. <laughs> There's a baby in a manger, Burn. <laughs> just you, me, and the baby. A bunch of bunch of animals. <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> All right. So uh, the Candlelight Processional, as uh, you all may know or n- not know, is uh, it goes on at Disneyland and Walt Disney World, uh, and it's basically a uh, qu- choir or a, a, a singing telling of the original Christmas story, um, the biblical Christmas story with uh, Jesus and the manger and everything. Uh, it's surrounded by... A giant choir um, that is shaped in what they call the living Christmas tree. Um, but there's like many choirs around them. They, uh, it started, let me get to the notes here. <laughs> it uh, began as a way for Walt to show his gratitude to the Orange County community that was home to his first theme park. The first official candlelight processional was in 1958. But preceding that, uh, they had been obviously celebrating Christmas at the Disney park since the first year in 1955. Um, in the very first Christmas season, a group of 12 Dickensian carolers under the direction of Dr. Charles C. Hurt 
who was a uh, music director, I believe, from USC and also a friend of Walt Disney's. Uh, they went around and caroled at various locations around the park. Um, and then uh, in 1956, uh, they were joined by choirs of local uh, high schools and I, I would assume churches. Uh, grew to 300 members in 56, uh, visiting choirs, school bands, stood on the steps of Main Street train station, singing Christmas carols accompanied by the Disneyland band. Uh, and one of the uh, readings I, I did here, uh, going back and in, in, uh, researching this, it, it says that 1956 version, uh, it actually was kind of a bit of a kerfuffle as they didn't plan for how many people would be uh, on the steps of Main Street in uh, the Main Street train station and so there was just a bunch of people there around the flagpole singing from wherever they ended up uh with the uh, crowd that turned up to to watch so 1957 turned into the christmas around the world parade uh, which was a singing procession of choirs from sleeping beauty castle down to the plaza which brings us to 1958 the first candlelight processional as we kind of know it uh, a processional uh, which actually goes through the whole park singing Christmas carols and then ends at the uh, town square area and the main street train station where they have risers set up for the choirs. There's an orchestra and band. Uh, and the part that most people either hear a little bit about or talk about is since the sixties has had a celebrity narrator, which in between the uh, Christmas carols tells the story of Christmas, the biblical story of Jesus, uh, you know, from the Bible that we know nativity, I guess we call yeah. it. Um, some of those famous previous narrators, uh, the first was Dennis Morgan. Uh, he did it for like the first four years. Um, and then others who've done it over the years, Cary Grant, John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart, Gregory Peck, Charlton Heston, Henry Fonda, Dick Van Dyke, Chris Hemsworth, James Earl Jones, <laughs> Kurt Russell, John Voight, Gina Davis, Gary Sinise, that is obviously just a bunch, not all. Um, a lot of people with Disney ties. I saw, I saw Darren McGavin did yeah. it uh, in 83, which I'm guessing was promotion for A Christmas Story. It came out that year. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so there's celebrity hosts. Uh, I had mentioned on our live the other day that this year's host is Sterling K. Brown. Or, sorry, narrator, not host. But uh, Sterling K. Brown uh, who we know from Black Panther, most famously uh, from the television show This Is the, This Is Us. He was in Frozen 2 as the voice of Lieutenant Matias, and he narrated the One Day at Disney documentary film. Great voice. Uh, great voice. He's going to be a, yeah. a good person to sit and say what is uh, a really moving piece. Uh, a lot of families, uh, I would assume local Orange County families, come year after year, and this is their kick off to the Christmas season. I know we were talking just before this about if either of us had ever done it personally coming from Northern California every time we went. And and I think most of the times as I was younger, I was more concerned with going on rides and getting <laughs> away from the large crowd of people on main street, keeping me from said rides. Um, but as an older adult Disney fanatic uh, at this point in my life who has ridden his fair share of rides it definitely is an event that I would like to go back and check out and uh, in hindsight would definitely put on my Disney bucket list. Yeah. Going back to last episode. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, I, there was a shot that I was almost able to go. Or I was planning on going when they announced that uh, Kurt Russell was going to be the narrator. 
And uh, I was all super excited for that, um, but didn't make it. I've never actually seen it. The closest I've ever actually gotten to it was uh, when I, I think I mentioned it during uh, one of the past episodes, but the the time I was coming back from uh, Club 33, the, it was a Christmas party. So we were being ushered out uh, because the park was well closed. It was like 1230 and park closed like at 10 at that night. So mm-hmm. we had to be escorted out from Club 33 to the front or else we'd have to wait 30 minutes for the the, the one escort. And so as we're leaving, we're walking down Main Street. You see the the lights and they're getting ready for it. And the cool thing was you see a a, a couple just walking down Main Street uh, holding hands. And we're like, wait, you know, the park's closed. What, what's this couple doing, you know, here and uh, how they get in here? Then the closer they get, we realize that it was uh, actually uh, Bill Rogers and Camille Dixon. Oh, yeah. uh, the, and if you got for those that do not know, uh, Bill does the announcements at Disneyland. Uh, the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know, the. Electric World Parade will start in five minutes. You know, he does all those announcements. Uh, Camille does the same thing, but at DCA, and mm-hmm. they are a couple. So it was very cool seeing them because, uh, you know, obviously they're going to do some of the uh, announcing before the uh, narrating. So that that was really cool. So that's the closest I've gotten to it. But seeing the stage and all the lights and everything, even though it was uh, uh, empty, uh, was really cool. So something, again, I'd like to put that on my bucket list, too. Most definitely. Um, so, yeah, as I said, Sterling K. Brown is narrating this year, which is actually happening this upcoming weekend, December 4th and 5th at 5.30 and 7.45 p.m. If you happen to be in the parks that day, you could attempt to catch it, but it is generally reserved to uh, VIPs, uh, invited guests. Uh, I think they may do a dining package at this point. I know they have in the past, yeah. but we're still like... Everything pre, uh, post-COVID now seems to be new and right. scaled down. But, but if you are there but uh, and you are going to record, definitely uh, tag us and we will share. So. Yeah, please. Um, and and I, I think what it generally is, there's a small standing area that people can wait to get in uh, behind those seated guests. Uh, but again, you're you're giving up a lot of your Disney day to do it. And I know yeah. you want to go ride those rides. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, the, I, I just think uh, Candlelight Processional, It's uh, as with any history and, of course, Disney history, which we like, uh, it's got interesting facts about it. In 1959, I, I wrote this in words, not in numbers, because I was just amazed at how big this is. 2,574, that is the number of singers they had in 1959, making the, the largest choir to perform in the candlelight ceremony at Disneyland, even to this day. Wow. Um, and I'm still trying to imagine what 2,574 choir singers looks like in town square. I mean, that's like all the town square, right? Where are you putting them? I would think so. And I could just imagine how thunderous <laughs> right? that would be. Uh, so that, yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. The, uh, the living Christmas tree stage, uh, which came about in 1960, uh, was introduced in entirely made up of the Western high school acapella choir. And it was only them from about 1960 to 1981 when their choir conductor retired, uh, starting in 1982, the volunteer Disney employee choir, which is uh, combined made up of, uh, park employees, studio employees, and Imagineering employees. Uh, they filled the tree and have continued to fill the tree ever since. Um, so if you're looking at the singing Christmas tree, it could be some awesome Imagineers that you know about or awesome cast members that you interact with anytime you go to the park. Uh, 
Um, I talked about the, uh, the, uh, the previous narrators. And I think we were talking, um, and we started asking each other who, I, I guess of, we'll say first of the ones that I said, who have done it, who would you have loved to see? And of the ones not listed or that not known, who would you love to see as a narrator of the Christmas story at Disneyland? Dang, that's tough. I know we probably have the same on a couple of them, so I'm just going to try to go to the side and not guess what I think you're going to say. And if if we don't say it, then I'll say it anyways. <laughs> um, this is kind of weird for me. Well, number one, and you said this is the only time they've done it three times at Disneyland, but Dick Van Dyke. I don't know if it was the only one who did three oh. times, but he did do it three times. There was a few people yeah. I had mentioned. I think it was Cary Grant and Rock Hudson Yeah, uh, basically begged to do it. And you, you, uh, and, and they did it free of charge uh, when, when they uh, – which makes me wonder nah, of these people. They got churros. Yeah, yeah. All the churros you want. <laughs> but I'm like, wow, did Chris Pratt really take money to do this? <laughs> yeah. I would think, too, you know, what we know about Chris Pratt and his, uh, you know, rel- religious uh, – Relationship with God, I would think he was a man who would have done it for free. But uh, free, or if he did <laughs> say he did, I, I could see him also getting the payment, but donating it too. That's so, true. That's I guess, and I guess not just him, but a number of these guys. Um, only, I mean, you mentioned the year I was born, which was 1978. Uh, Cary Grant did that, so that's really cool because I, wa- you know, grew up watching old movies, but not my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. But to have Jimmy Stewart tell the tell the yeah. oh, well the night that, the Jesus, <laughs> that Jesus was born, uh, yeah, yeah, and that was really bad, Jimmy James Stewart. But I think he'd be really cool. What about you, I, James Earl Jones? That was my number one. <laughs> that, 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 that was the that was the one that we agree on for sure. Yeah, hands down. Um, just yeah, the voice of Darth Vader, Mufasa, <laughs> and there he lay in a manger. <laughs> And he said to Jesus, remember who you are. Who is my father? <laughs> uh, that, now, that, that's definitely number one. Um, but of people who haven't done it, I think uh, Morgan Freeman would be very interesting. I think a lot of people have said that he his voice is what they would imagine God's voice to be like. Uh, he has played God in, in movies, yeah. and, and he's narrated a lot of like nature films, which seems so surreal. March of the Penguins. Yeah. And, so uh, hear, hearing him tell this story, I think, would be great. No, um, I, I also uh, If not Jim Varney. <laughs> of course. Uh, Lear the Cable. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I totally agree with you, Morgan Freeman. Um, I would like, as born as it would be, but I think if, if Morgan Freeman narrated the, the story of my life, it'd make it that much interesting. Yeah. Um, but one person that I I would this <laughs> I, I I will go as far as to say total man crush on this dude, but Eldris Alba I think would do great. Eldris Alba, would yeah, do yeah great. I was in. I mean, I got such a big man crush. I I can't pronounce his name. To to that but, end, uh, Christoph Waltz. Ooh, I like listening to yes. that guy talk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a good one. So. Uh, you know, I'm I'm 100% American here, but the the accents I think really add to. Yeah, that. no, just Christoph uh, Waltz would be amazing. I love listening to that guy say lines in movies. Yeah, and so. I can never quite tell if it's his actual speaking voice or if it's part of the character he's yeah. doing. <laughs> but it always seems to be that slightly European that you can't quite make out, but just and, very 
smooth and distinct. And uh, obviously I'm thinking to some of the, the more dirtbag characters he's played in Quentin Tarantino <laughs> movies, but uh, the, the way he says it, it, it would be nice to hear him speaking something very good for a change. Let's put yes. it that way. Well, he was good in Django Unchained. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> he, he just has a way of with words uh, to say something simple, but sounds so eloquent and uh, refined. Yeah. If I was to choose one more, and I'm going to go with another another British actor. I would love to see Haley Atwell, uh, yeah, Agent one. Carter. Yeah, I've always and a regular crush crush on her, but she's got a great voice. Captain Carter, keep yeah. keep keep her in that Disney Universe family, and maybe we'll see it one day. Exactly. So yeah, I think that, I think she'd be really good. Well, yeah. I, let let us know if you guys have a, a favorite uh, that I listed uh, previously, and. Uh, I, I got a lot of this information at dapsmagic.com. They have a great article about the history of the uh, uh, Candlelight Processional, kennythepirate.com, and then just Googled an article from the OC Register. Uh, it was helpful, but not as helpful as most of the other ones. And the, these ones <laughs> that you mo- mainly read off were from Disneyland, right? Yeah, these are all yeah. mostly Disneyland things. They did... Uh, Candlelight Processional does also happen at Disney World. Uh, it was their opening year, 1971, and held in the Magic Kingdom until, I believe, 1990 when they started holding it in Epcot, and it is still currently done in Epcot to this day. Yeah. They get many more chances to see it. It, it. This year it is being held from November 26th all the way until December 30th. I believe they also have celebrity guests, but I didn't find any of the ones for this year when I was looking. Um, and I believe that it is easier to access as a guest. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's like for the guests out there. Yeah. This yeah. is basically it's at the amphitheater uh, near the America Pavilion and Italy Pavilion. It's a big old stage, a lot of seating out there. And I believe like when they the every week that they do it, they do it twice a night, possibly. Wow. I'm, I, I'm, don't quote me on that. I'm not completely sure. Uh, my niece, Tori, who you guys all know, who's a, a CM I think she's seen it. She saw it for the first time, twenty nineteen, I believe. And she was busy riding rides. Yeah, riding Frozen yeah. or drinking around the world holiday drinks. <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. But uh, so when I believe the night she was there was uh, actress Isabella Rosalini, which around twenty nineteen she was just coming off uh, uh, doing uh, voice acting for Incredibles two. Uh, she she was a voice in that movie. I forget the character, but she was like the uh, like the ambassador for Na- the nations, uh, United Nations or something, uh, in in Incredibles too. So yeah, a lot of these people, do, at least for the last thirty years, do tend to have a recent Disney tie-in. Yeah, it was said the first time Dick Van Dyke hosted it, uh, it was a part of promotion for Mary Poppins. Um. I think it was 65 the uh, last year that Walt was around for it. Yeah. Um, And uh, obviously Darren McGavin, the year I was born, 83, the same year that uh, Christmas Story came out. The dad, if you don't know that. (laughs) And uh, For our listeners that are Ryan's age. Right. And for the ones who are Ryan's age, last year, Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, who, of course, we know has done music for Moana and the upcoming Encanto and saw his Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Doing the Little Mermaid with Alan Menken. I mean, <laughs> dude, dude's gonna be busy. Um, Mary Poppins, of course. Julie Andrews would be amazing 
That'd be a great one. <laughs> I was just I, I I think I said wow, and then I thought of uh, Mobius. Oh wow, Mor- Morbius. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Morbius or Mobius? Mo- Mo- Mobius. Mor- yeah, Mor- 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 Morbius is a vampire. Which one's in the Matrix? Oh, uh, uh, I almost said Mortis, but that's the Mortis arc from Star Wars. Uh, Mobius, Mobius. Oh my gosh, Morpheus, 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 <laughs> Morpheus Mobius, Morbius. Say that five times fast. <laughs> That'll be a fun game show. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. Um, wow! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he get Lightning McQueen and yeah, you know, in a and then he was in a manger, and then there were some freaking cows there. Wow! Yeah. But yeah, I would encourage any of you guys, uh, if you have or haven't been to a candlelight processional or are interested in any of this, uh, check out some of those places I mentioned where I got all this information um, and let us know in the comments when uh, this is out. If you've been to one, if you'd like to go to one at some point, uh, who you'd love to see narrate a candlelight processional, we'd love to hear and find out. Uh, and and yeah, who who knows? Hopefully, uh, we'll be doing an episode one day about us checking out the candlelight processional. Yeah, we'll we'll go live uh, longer than uh, Ryan did on his Muppet little stream because that. <laughs> oh, you didn't get the whole show? Come on, you didn't get the whole show, Ryan? He might have, but you know we're recording. Well, it's we're- okay, Ryan. We'll forgive you because we're going to talk about your favorite ride next. Yes, nice, perfect little segue. So, uh, no, th- thanks for looking that up. Uh, that was that was really awesome. Um, yeah, and I can't. I mean, we're we're going to be talking about, you know, Imagineers and I look forward to my future and, book reports. Yes, we'll call it the books, big smooth yeah. book reports. I, I'm down with that. <laughs> more, less, more, less professor, more kid who crammed at the last minute. Right on. So, um, yeah, uh, <clears throat> we thought. We're not going to do much news, but one thing that we want to talk about since we just got be- done with Thanksgiving, we are literally the uh, between uh, before or we're in the nightmare before Christmas we're right now. Betwixt the holidays, yes, the nightmare of shopping. But this year, as you guys know, uh, starting on October third, two thousand one, was when the Haunted Mansion holiday opened at Disneyland. That's my birthday. It was happy birthday. That was my birthday in the year I graduated <laughs> high school. Nice. That's perfect. So, and also the year on the mention holiday opened at Disneyland, um, which had 20 years, man. I mean, I can't believe that this has lasted this long. And this, this came out just before the, um, the, the nightmare for Christmas came out in 91 and was not 91, 92. Um, wasn't a well-received movie at the time. People were really confused at its meaning and is it too creepy for kids? And, I mean Disney uh if if you remember it wasn't even labeled a Disney movie it was Touchstone uh if you got it on video in even early days of DVD uh it said Touchstone Touchstone Pictures yeah. but once it had its little rebirth uh in the late 90s early 2000s Disney's like oh take away Touchstone put Walt Disney's oh, yeah. We're Tim putting Burton. this in the fold. <laughs> We're putting this in our wallet again. <clears throat> Yeah, so um, this this uh, hol- the layo- overlay, I always say layover, but it's also in uh, Tokyo Disneyland. And basically it brings Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas into the Haunted Mansion every holiday season. Um, very cool. The The first year, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but the, mu- the music wasn't actually, it was not music from the movie. It wasn't Danny Elfman's score. It was actually a brand new score and music uh, done by Gordon Goodwin. Interesting. Yeah. 
And that only happened the first year. Uh, it got, it was instantly, uh, considered a, uh, a, a hit. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, uh, tongue tied here. It, it was received very well. Um, when it first came out, especially since <clears throat> we know Disneyland's such a local park compared to Florida, which is one reason why Florida doesn't have it because there's so many more vacationers that they don't want to ruin the Haunted Mansion for people that might not come back ever, ever. Yeah, because it you know it's hard to get there, but you know Disneyland's got so many locals coming. It's your one and, trip to yeah. Disneyland, <laughs> like Ryan, and you gotta watch the Haunted Mansion Holiday Overlay. Exactly, and all you want to see is, I guess all the other guys are still in there. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know what you're complaining about. Just not the bride, but Hattie's Hattie's there. Hat, the Hatbox Ghost is there, and all the ghosts. But um, so after the the final year though, or the they redid the music, Danny Elfman actually reworked uh, the score with John Debney. I only throw on John Debney because he does the uh, music for Jungle Book and works with all the uh, everything that pretty much Favreau's done, uh, except for the Mandalorian. <laughs> hey, do you know if that first year score is available anywhere? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, I'll just have Google to look. it and it pop up. Yeah, or I believe I do have it. And I will give you a copy. Uh, okay. I'll definitely <laughs> check that out. Yeah. Because yeah. they did release a CD after like the second and third year with, they had like, they called uh, Scarols. And so they're the creepy versions of Christmas Carols. And they actually played in the switchback in the queue uh, while you're waiting. Okay. In the first like five years. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the music that's in there now and yeah. stuff, but I think it'd just be, int- you know, as we Disney nerds know, any little piece of Disney history becomes bigger the longer it's gone and the smaller amount of time that it was around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so so checking that out would be cool. And I, I do want to add, uh, obviously, I, I do share a bit in Ryan's pain of, uh, in obviously the, the reason why they wouldn't do it to, you know, in Florida is that somebody would miss out on seeing that original Walt Disney attraction on their vacation um, because it does tend to, take up a bit i mean being there from before christmas or before halloween to all the way after christmas it's a lot of people's vacation times but uh, yeah because just make make the trip in july <laughs> like i did exactly because i mean i'm just reading through wikipedia right now but it says it goes from september to january pretty much and we were talking actually the end yeah. of august now well and if you basically <laughs> if you include the downtime too that they have to set it up and take it down yeah so it's from mid-august till Pretty much February 1st, because holidays yeah. run through about the 10th of January now. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give too much, too many particulars about it. Just, you know, I enjoy it. It's been going on for 20 years. But uh, one thing I do want to mention is one of the big parts of this attraction is the voice of the ghost host. And um, the reason why I like to bring it is because people are like, I can't believe it's still Paul Freeze. I, you know, but it's like, it, it isn't. It's uh, Corey Burton. And, um, and I'll, I'll kind of get a little bit on Corey Burton here, but... He is spot on the ghost host, the the original um, Paul Freeze. I mean, it, it sounds like it, it sounds exactly like him. Yeah, I never really thought about it, but it's definitely yeah, it's, yeah. it's there. It's a it's, it's a a licensed Paul Freeze impersonist. Yeah, and the re- only reason why I wanted to bring out uh, Corey Burton is uh, he is from I believe I I'm sure I'm not wrong, but he is the voice of a Count Dooku in the Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Yes. Thank you. So, uh, when you said that name, I was like, that sounds like somebody from Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. And I believe early in the days of Skywalker Through Neverland, shout out, buddies, 
Uh, they they had a uh, Corey Burton on the show, and he was talking about uh, uh, stepping in the footsteps of Paul Frees and being such an iconic uh, voice uh, of the ghost host, and also um, uh, Ludwig von Drake. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, we we've mentioned her plenty of times uh, recent episodes, but uh, uh, oh, and Cad Bane. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I love Cad Bane. Yeah, me too. Um, Oh, I got a question for you in a little bit about that real quick. But um, Loretta Toombs' daughter, uh, Kim, Kim Irvine, Irvine yes, yeah. uh, who's a, a legacy Imagineer, um, the daughter of, what did I say, Leota Toombs? Leota Toombs, Madame Leota. Madame Leota. Um, she plays Madame Le- you, You'll You'll see this on the uh, Imagineering story and the uh, Beyond, Beyond the Attractions. Behind the Attractions. How, yes. I always say Beyond. Um, but she reprises her mom's role as the holiday Madame Leota, uh, which is really cool. So, and not, not just a legacy uh, Imagineer, but a legacy uh, floating head in a bowl. Yeah, no, keeping the family uh, family <laughs> job alive. Yeah, so. hopefully her daughter will one day be able <laughs> exactly. To who is another legacy? <laughs> in a, yeah, is also an Imagineer. That's yes, correct. Very cool. Um, any favorite things about this attraction other than the music? Um, I mean, yeah, I was going to the music, but uh, the that it, I think the mood gets set for me right when you're first in that doom buggy and you're going through the hallways and the, uh, the Venus fly traps are oh. going, la, 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 yeah. la, 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 I was like, yeah, this is it. But yeah, it's just, I think it's so cool how they basically turned it into a whole new attraction with, for the most part, just overlaying. I know they kind of do take some things out uh, to make room and, as they continue to add things, they're going to have to do that. Um, but I, I think it's fun. I, I appreciate it. Um, I, I, I do enjoy A Nightmare Before Christmas. I think I became more of a fan from the ride. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as familiar with the movie from before that. Um, but, yeah, it's fun. I uh, didn't get to see it this year. But as Ryan, I'm sure, knows, you know, uh, when, you, when you don't live close by, sometimes your trips all just happen between yeah. <laughs> uh, August and January, and that's all you get to see. So I'm glad I got to see the original on Imagine this year, but I look very much forward to the next time I get to get to the park between August and January and see and hear the uh, Flytrap singing their song. <laughs> yeah, um, same thing. I, I, I love both versions. Uh, I do love this version. I'm in golf. Once you get into the stretching room, just how they do the – you know, with a broken uh, stained glass, and even before the the animated graphic on the top of Jack, when it was just the head that lit up, that was super cool. The but, head was cool, but when Did they it added move too, it just lit up. Just lit up his eyes and mouth, yeah. and you know. But once they added the the uh, 3D effect, that I mean, that is super awesome. And too, does that you know? change, or is it the same every time? It's the same. Okay. Um, then even seen zero flying through the portraits. Yep. The portraits used to change like flash, like they did before. But then they kind of changed it where they don't they don't change until zero flies. Just upgraded technology it. every yeah. time you know the tech gets better, we get cool new little upgrades to that. Yeah, and I, I, I I'm sure that somewhere has it written as to what's changed each year. But in those years that I was always going to the park during that time, I definitely noticed the the ads of you know changing of the jackhead and zero uh flying through the portraits. Yeah. I, I can't believe we didn't mention it to this point, but the gingerbread house. Yeah. That that's a huge portion uh, part of the ride. Uh, the gingerbread house changes every year, and this year for the twentieth anniversary, they incorporated 
elements from every year's gingerbread house into this year's gingerbread house, which some say might be a bit of a, uh, what do you call that? When it's just a painting of a bunch of stuff all together. Uh, I was going to say a stretch, but the word I want to use isn't appropriate for this podcast (laughs) rhymes with bluster luck. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, I mean, uh, to me, it's just that smell getting those Disney smells. They're always getting you on all the senses. Um, and of course, knowing through all of our access with backstage Imagineering these days that it is a real gingerbread house yeah. that they build every year. And uh, yeah, it's just really cool. And yeah, and like you said, every there's a time where they were adding stuff every year. Like uh, one of the big additions was adding Oogie Boogie to the end. Right. Because uh, that wasn't originally there. Then, then a few AKA years. AKA Big Al. Yeah, exactly. For those that don't know. <laughs> Uh, the Oogie Boogie animatronic at the end is a repurposed Big Al animatronic from the Country Bear Jamboree, <laughs> Ryan's favorite movie. Sorry. But yes, I miss the Country Bear Jamboree too. And I think that when I found that out through... Uh, I miss like, the attraction, not the movie. <laughs> yes, I miss the attraction, not the movie. But when I found that out through, through a YouTube video, I thought that was so cool. Because ah. being that my name's Alex, I find a, fit, a bit of an affinity to Big Al. I did not know that. I'll admit that. That's new information, and uh, I, and I believe the most recent big addition was Sally yeah. in 2019. I believe, yeah, or 2018, I'm 18 sure. or 19. Yeah, but it was the most recent big one. Sally in the uh, graveyard jamboree. Yeah, super cool. Uh, I mean, pretty simple, but still super cool scene there out there. Um, very cool animatronic. Uh, one thing that was that was really done early in the early days was the boarding area where the big old mural is on the on the screen. That used to be an advent calendar. That's right. And they would actually open one up, a new one every day leading up to Christmas, that's which, cool. which is super cool. I, I think that's awesome. So, but you know, twenty years later, they just like I'll oh, just open it all. Disney, <laughs> if you're listening, just give us Haunted Mansion Holiday advent calendars. That would be amazing. Something that looks like that art, where we could open a door each day. Give it to me, Disney. Thank you. I think I'm, that's money for you guys. Take my money. That's money. Uh, one thing they only did once, I, I mentioned it a few times, they've only done it once, and it was a year that uh, uh, Frank and Weenie came out. But uh, in the queue, when you go through the, past the little pet cemetery, they had Sparky's grave, and it was dug out. So it had his tombstone, and but it, it was... Cause that, was that Tim Burton, too? The yeah. animated version? Yeah. So like that Both versions? Or no? Yeah, all of it's okay. It's all his, uh, his, all, all his story. So. Yeah, make it up. Movie about a dead dog. Of course, it's Tim Burton. Yeah, <laughs> but and it's pretty much his his love story to growing up, I guess, because it's basically him and his dog. You know, if you think of it. So, mm-hmm. but yep, Haunted Mansion holiday. Happy twentieth. Uh, I, I I'll end this in a question. Uh, would you like to see it going on? Or would you like them to stop, but maybe add a Nightmare Before Christmas, like Dark Ride, or do you, do you think it's 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 run its course, or you think it's keep it going? I the rumors of a Coco overlay at one point intrigued me. I think I I don't think it's run its course because I think they've invested a lot into the, everything that they've built and put in in there. Um, I think it does bring some people to the park. I mean, it'd be interesting to not do it for a year and see what it does to attendance over that spell. But I, I do think those are some of the slower times in between 
you know, beginning of September when kids get to school and, you know, when the holiday season starts to pick up. So I could see it's basically like a, a new attraction for Disney every year when they reopen that at a point in time where they're trying to build attendance in the midweek and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they either just stopped or uh, switched to something else. I do think, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So if it just stopped, I might clamor for it later on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I share Ryan's sentiments about <laughs> being bummed on not getting to get the original Honda Mansion every time. But I think what they give us is cool, and I, I enjoy yeah. seeing it when I do. I agree. I, I'm actually surprised that it did come back this year, being that the park was closed, obviously, 2020. So I thought they would have done the just the full year yeah, of just regular. Let it roll. Let it roll. Um, but no, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I would be up for something new if it was done better. I know that's easy to say, but it's like, I think that's harder to do even with the success of like the Haunted Mansion, Muppets Haunted Mansion. To, yeah, I, I, Muppets Haunted Mansion overlay would be killer. I yeah. would love to see that. But I mean, Haunted Mansion is already Halloween themed. Yeah. And so I feel like people want to go to the Haunted Mansion at Halloween time. Yeah. Not the Christmas Haunted Mansion. And I feel, and this attraction is but it definitely more Christmas than Halloween. It doesn't make enough sense for them to set it up for only six weeks. Yeah. So it's, I, I mean, it's that whole double-edged sword. I mean, if they chose to do it even-numbered years, <laughs> I'd be cool with that. People could plan ahead for it. Um, I guess we'll see what Disney intends to do. I think as long as they're selling Nightmare Before Christmas merch, the clip, it's going. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure, at least as far as merch goes, Nightmare Before Christmas is popular, you know, from 5 to 45. I mean, yeah. cuz you got the people in our age range who remember it from, the, you know, the 90s when it came out and then I, I think, you know, Jack Skellington and the characters are just a little darker so they appeal to a much broader audience. Yeah, so, absolutely. Do I think it's going anywhere? No. No, no me time neither. soon. Not until it's as old and dilapidated as the uh an initial ride. I'm sorry not to say <laughs> dilapidated cuz it's not. But uh maybe if doing the overlay becomes a danger to the original ride at some point they would stop doing it. That could be something. Okay. And yeah, I don't, I don't see it going away anytime soon. And I'm, I'm for it. Cause I love, I love this attraction. I love this overlay. Um, the first time I wrote it, uh, it was, it was well into like five to 10 years. Uh, cause it, it opened when I was in Portland. So I didn't get down to Disneyland as much. So when I finally got onto it, I think it might've been the 50th anniversary. So it, like I said, it already is well into its popularity. And this was the first time, I don't know ever that I, I went to Disneyland and there was more Jack Skellington merch being worn at the parks than I mean, Mickey Mouse. He he might as well be the, the yeah. ambassador during the holidays. Exactly. I mean, all the Santa hats were the Santa Sandy Claus hats and the hands. Yeah, and so. I mean, it's a, they have they have nightmare everything. Yeah, but um, I love it. Which is also on my Christmas movie uh, list. Uh, for those who want to argue about it, it is a Christmas movie that takes place in a Halloween town, not a Halloween movie that takes place in a Christmas town. Get it right. Boom. I agree with you 100%. Um, for So as a treat, before we uh, uh, end this episode 102, uh, is for a treat for all you listeners, uh, we are going to end the show let's, with the entire ride through. Let's all go together, guys. Yes. But before that, uh, we want to thank uh, you guys for listening. Uh, if you're... Like we mentioned before, if you're new to the show, let us know where you found us and welcome. Uh, we're happy to see you. 
And uh, where where can people interact with us? Well, of course, you're interacting with us on Instagram as always. I uh, love to get through and uh, you know respond to people's comments on there. Interacting on Facebook, uh, we are in the Twitterverse. Uh, Disney Universe is on Patreon, of course, uh, and and uh, I should say before that, uh, YouTube D Disney Universe TV DUTV DUTV. Yeah. We're still looking to get up to that hundredth follower. Uh, so for Christmas, all we ask is that you. Share one of our uh, videos with a friend. Tell them to check it out. Or a Disney friend you may know who's out there watching all those other awesome YouTubes. Uh, Fresh Baked and Daps Magic and Defunct Land. Be sure to go check out that hour and 40 minute Defunct Land about lines. It's really cool. Uh, even even though I did think I was being trolled for the first like half hour, I was like, am I really going to watch an hour and 40 minutes about lines? But if you're a diehard Disney nut, especially one that likes to go to the parks, very interesting watch. Um, but while you're going through all that other stuff, <coughs> excuse me, come back home to Disney Universe TV. We've got awesome uh, footage from our trips to the parks. Uh, we've got uh, spoilery re- reviews of recent Marvel movies, uh, TV shows. Spider-Man's coming next. Spider-Man will be coming up. We were just debating whether we wanted to do like that, you know, instant midnight reaction right after we uh, watch the movie or if we wait until we've all seen it twice and come down and calm down before we argue about it. <laughs> but uh, uh, go go check us out on the DUTV. Uh, make sure you're subscribed and share it with a Disney friend because uh, we're doing a lot of fun stuff on there. We're putting our episodes out so you can look at our face while we talk to you on the pod. Yes, absolutely. And I, I man, just the way I was rewatching the trailer and going, I, I don't know why, but I was thinking about this, but I'm like, I'm going back to the part where at the end where Dr. Strange is like, I can't stop them from coming. I could picture is like hundreds of Uncle Ben's just falling in. I'm like, are we going to see all these Uncle Ben's coming back and dying? I hope not. Uh, but as Alex mentioned, uh, join our Patreon, the DU crew. Uh, it's a fun, you know, I'm working on the, I, I, I say this every time, but it's true. I'm uh, working on the uh, rewards for the tiers. So the shirts are coming for those in that tier. Uh, Jungle Cruisers working on some new mugs for those who haven't got mugs yet. And uh, we're going to be adding some new contents exclusively for our DU crew members. So uh, check out DU crew or patreon.com backslash DU crew and uh, select a tier that best uh, suits you. It helps us uh, put out the show. we got a lot of stuff going on uh, this coming year. Uh, we're we're going to be doing uh next episode. One of three will be um, uh, Ryan's trip report and probably a Spider-Man review. We'll save that for YouTube, but we'll probably do a little, uh, year in review also as we get towards the end. But uh, I just want to give a special thanks to our, our uh, DU crew members, uh, Tyler, uh, Sasquatch, Mike, Alfredo, and Jennifer, and also a Discord apparel. So definitely check them out uh, once again at uh, Discord.com, www.discord.com. And also check out our good friends at Neverland Trading at uh, NeverlandTrading.com. Uh, they've just have a bunch of, uh, I just bought uh, two of their beanies. Uh, from there, I couldn't decide which one I wanted, so I got them both. At that uh, small, was it small store Saturday? Small business Saturday. So, small business Saturday. So a lot of those businesses got a lot of my money over the weekend. Um, but you can also, uh, if you select a shirt or any accessories, uh, be sure to tap in uh, discount dverse dot. No, that's it. No dot com. Uh, that's d v e r s e. And uh, yeah, as as we get into the. Uh, the la 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 la. 
I want to remind you guys, uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, we'll do a different uh, outro since Tron's not here. Now it's time we go and ride Haunted Mansion Holiday. Let's get a, get a churro first. D-I-S. Uh, we'll see you real soon. N-E-Y. Why? Because we gots to. P. Oh, wait. Universe. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Let's go ride. Let's ride it. Twas a long time ago, longer now than it seems, in a place that perhaps you've seen in your dreams. For the story that you were about to be told began with the holiday worlds of old. I know you're curious to see what's inside. It's what happens when two holidays collide. Welcome, my friends, to our Christmas delight. Come witness a ghoulishly glorious sight. It's time for our holiday tale to begin. There's no turning back now. Please, come all the way in. Our holiday tale is a tale that's quite charming. But during this season, it's sometimes alarming. So relax and reflect. Feel free to take pause while we tell you a tale about dear Sandy Claus. Was the nightmare before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was peaceful, not even a mouse. The stockings, all hung by the chimney with care, when opened that morning would cause such a scare. The children, nestled all snug in their beds, would have nightmares of monsters and skeleton heads. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone! <laughs> Survive. <laughs> Jack Skellington came here from Halloween Town. You'll notice his handiwork scattered around. This year he's decided to play Sandy Claus. But when Halloween creates Christmas, you might see a few flaws. 
A dark carriage will take you away. Sit back, rest in peace in your black Christmas sleigh. <laughs> your sleigh will accommodate one or two more. We hope you're prepared for what Jack has in store. It will float down with ease. And remember, no flash photography. Please. Yes, down through the chimney, Jack flew like a bat, clutching his magical Sandy Claus sack. He ripped open the sack and, in moments it seems, created a Christmas you have in bad dreams. More rapid than vultures, the mansion was changed. All was soon covered, adorned and deranged. And what to your wondering eyes disappears is Jack's little friend Zero, the ghost dog reindeer. Nothing here was forgotten. It all looks so pleasant. A coffin, Jack says, makes a fine Christmas present. <laughs> a man-eating plant makes a wonderful wreath, as long as you don't get caught in its teeth. Jack's holiday vision was unlike no other. So ring out the bells. There's more cheer to uncover. On the 13th day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me 13 rings of power, embracing strength that never ends. 12 signs of the zodiac that rule the future and transcend. Eleven candles floating, their scent of mystery in the air. Ten telling tea leaves that swirl with secrets yet to share. On the ninth day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me nine. Magic crystals that sparkle with a force that is pure. Eight balls of knowledge that answer with a truth that is sure. Seven pearls of wisdom to keep my love bewitched to me. Six mystic mirrors reflecting futures yet to be. On the fifth day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me five lucky charms to understand the right from wrong, four wheels of fortune to spin their rich and golden song, 
three lifelines extending help to those in need. Two passion potions that love and romance may succeed. On the first day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me a star, a brilliant star for my fortune card tree. With some treats and some games, you can make a scene merry. Why, even a gingerbread house could seem scary. All at once, happy haunts did materialize. Like a nightmarish painting by Courier and Ives. his magic both outside and in but one final touch made his bony face grin now what better gift on my friends to bestow than a graveyard that's covered in ghostly white snow it's Christmas have you been good this year oh, oh, oh. what's this can you believe your eyes I like this Christmas thing. See, Zero, I told you they would like my Christmas. Fruitcake, anyone? Oh, oh, oh! I really outdid myself this time. Look at all the happy faces. Season's greetings, everyone.
a scary
Hurry back. Don't let the tombstone hit you on the way out. <laughs> I've got plenty more tricks and treats in store for your next visit. Hurry back. Hurry back. <laughs> Hurry back. Hurry back. Hurry back.